episode i'm super duper excited to have my best friend in the room with me recording sucking up my ear annoying me in person oh, yeah. and it's all love it's all love that's how you show people that you love them when i can't say it with words i annoy you you like, need therapy like i might actually sit here and poke you with don't my finger no <laughs> <laughs> like, i will <laughs> I wish we were recording the faces people have to see how we are together. It's definitely goof one and goof two. I don't know how we managed not to kill each other after all this time. I don't know. It's just like a um it's just like a, a submission to each other's nonsense. It's like I can't fight it, so I'm just gonna go with it. I guess. <laughs> You fuck with me, you stuck with me. There we go. All right, so let's hop into our first topic. So it's what July now. My kids are slated to go it back. It's almost August. I know. Like we're what five days away from August. Yeah. My kids are slated to go back to school in like three weeks and a couple of days. Scary. Yeah. So good old school system has our kids going back to school virtually and i'm actually okay with that um they were we were originally given three choices so you can do go to school in person wear your mask be socially distanced or do um virtual learning with the school or do a separate um homeschooling program and i chose virtual learning we actually sat the kids down had a little family meeting, heavy quotations in the air. And um, they all decided that they wanted to do virtual learning um, because their father and I have asthma and they don't want to bring us home coronavirus. So thank you, kids. I appreciate that. But just as we had our three choices, we all got a lovely text message from the county that all the kids have to go um, virtually and they push school back a week to give um, teachers the opportunity to adjust their learning plan. So I'm cool with it because my kids are old enough where I don't have to hover over them while they're doing their work. But I am concerned about people who either have little itty bitty ones and they have to go to work while they figure out what to do with their kids or ones who wanted that option for their older kids so that they can just have a break from having to be parent and teacher. So my heart goes out to y'all if you're in that situation. 
um, my kids and I would be right here in this house to the end of 2020. Right here with nowhere to go. Yikes. Um, as a backseat parent myself, whose only child is my fur baby, I, you know, I can't weigh in on it just from being an observer and kind of hearing about what people are going through in terms of this decision-making process. I, I've said it before, it's just not an easy decision mm-hmm. because you can pull up all the stats you want about children's infection rate being lower, about recovery rates and all this other stuff. The fact of the matter is, if you send back the nation's children to school um, for this school year, about, I, I'm pretty sure I let somebody else do the math, but they said about 11,000 to 12,000 students will die because of coronavirus. Now, in the grand scheme of things, when you look at it numbers-wise only, it's like, okay, well, that's only 0.02% of student population. But it's like, okay, is that acceptable if it's your child, though? Right. I mean, it's just, to me, it's an unacceptable risk when there are other options. But like I said, it's not an easy decision. What if you're an essential worker? And remember, essential workers are everybody from housekeeping, food service, um, of course, doctors, nurses, any kind of medical staff. You're an essential worker, but you work at KFC. You're not making a lot of money. What do you do with your school-age children during the day? If you're a single parent, what do you do? You can't afford to put both your kids or even just one, one, two, three, however many you have, you can't afford to put them into daycare. Like it defeats the purpose of keeping them home to ship them off somewhere where they're just going to be surrounded by other kids anyway. And you can't afford to stay home and monitor them. Like what is a parent to do? Yeah. So I really feel for people who have to make this decision um, I feel like if you have older kids, it's a little easier because like Stephanie did, they can kind of decide what they want to do. And it's a little easier because they're a little more self-motivating and they can kind of get with their own programs without you having to stop them from playing with the Lego bricks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, if you have a, a six and a seven-year-old, how motivated are they really going to be to stay in front of a Chromebook? for hours it's just going to be impossible yeah like my youngest son's school has a requirement for elementary for them to actually be supervised so it's my shift doesn't start till 11 o'clock for you know for me to clock in for work so for three hours of the day he'll have me and then it's dad's turn to tag in and now be the teacher But by the time my shift starts, he'll be like in his lunch break Mm -hmm. for school. So, you know, I have it a little easy. Like I never thought I'd be happy for my husband to be laid off, but it's actually a blessing in disguise because it doesn't all fall on one parent. You know, when I get up, I can help out and then I can go clock in and he can help out with the kids. But I work with people who don't have that luxury where like one of my friends, for example, she's working from home. Her husband has to leave the house to work. 
and their kids are not in elementary school, like they're not elementary school age. Mm -hmm. And she found it hard already during this time to have little kids in the house. And like work is just getting harder for us. Like there's more and more projects for us to keep up with. So she has to send them to school. And like, and I know she has tried, we have both looked at resources to see if maybe there's um, like a program that someone could come into the home, which is risky, but at least you, you don't have to leave the house right. um, with your kids for them to be around other kids. But there was nothing available for her, and at least not in her area. And I just feel so bad because it's a tough decision. Like little itty bitty kids, like would you have to be two years older up and up to um, wear a mask? I believe so. I don't see a two-year-old wearing a mask for a majority of the day. Um, I have I have a two-year-old nephew. He's not. He won't even wear a hat. He's not putting a mask on. So Period. I just don't. I like you know. They might wear it if they're with you, right? Like if you're like, okay, put your mask on, sweetie, mm-hmm. and you can give them little reminders or whatever. You don't want to get too mad because it's a two-year-old with something covering their face. Right. But throughout the day, like you. Little kids are normally like between one and four. They're learning how to share in daycare. You know, they're this is get on the mat and listen to a story time. Now they have to learn about what it means to be six feet apart from each other. It's going to be impossible. Yeah. It, I just don't see how it actually works for little kids. Mm-mm. Even, um, you know, a lot of states have allowed medical professionals that are essential workers to put their children in daycare but then again the daycares have limited occupancy Mm -hmm. so if the daycare typically takes 20 kids well now they can only take half of that right and how do you decide what kids get to go to daycare and what kids have to find an alternative so i i honestly feel like this whole time uh, during the pandemic, people have been having to make these really hard decisions, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to what to do with their little kids that need supervision 24-7. Um, and it's like, you're just basically taking a chance. You're just rolling the dice. Yeah, You're rolling the dice to, to figure out, well, hopefully it'll be okay. And it's not only putting your child at risk, it's also putting yourself at risk is also putting mm-hmm. your whole family at risk. And it's a risk that apparently we have to take. Yeah. I mean, I don't see children socially distancing in school. I don't care what they say. You're not going to get a kindergarten class, even if it's half half full, if it's 15 kids instead of 30. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you get little kids to even stay in their seats? Are, are there no longer going to be playtimes on the mats, on the floor mats? No more duck, duck, goose. No more touching each other. Um, no more touching anybody's lunch. No, you can't have what they have, even if they're giving it to you. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And then can you imagine lining the kids up? Come get your sanitizer, kid. Right. Like, it's just, it's really hard for kids. Like, at least with us, we're in our 30s. We have social skills. And we're at the point in our lives where if we weren't too fond of people, we can, we were okay with socially distancing. Look, there's a t-shirt that I love that I'm going to get. And it says I was socially distancing before it was cool. 
that is my vibe. Okay? Yeah, that's my vibe. But little kids don't have that option to even learn social skills to say that they do or do not like people yet. You know, they're still building that. And it's, it has to be taken away from them. Like, it's not even, like, I don't, I feel bad for them, but I feel worse if they come back home and they're asymptomatic and they give their parents something. Right. Like, I get a cold for my kids every year when they start school. Like, when they're home, we are fine and dandy. No one's sick. When they go to school, within the first three weeks, I am sick. Nasty little buggers. Yep. Um, I will say one thing I don't feel like giving parents leeway on is, all right, let me just preface this by saying, I am not proficient in math, just math in general. I can do arithmetic, division, multiplication, and uh, subtraction. And I can do that type of stuff all day, the basics. Once we start getting into somewhat advanced algebra, different functions, I've forgotten the use of how, <laughs> I mean. You can't I find ne- X. I never took trigonometry. Um, I avoided that class like the plague. Uh, geometry, I was a borderline failure. So I'm just saying all this to say certain math concepts are beyond me. So I can see how parents would be intimidated by having to monitor a child that is learning different math concepts, English, um, I mean, having to read more advanced books for English assignments and things like that. Even history, what else do kids learn in school? I don't know about children. Um, You know, every, (laughs) I'm just, listen, me being that little was so long ago. I'm like, what did I learn in school? When I was in fifth grade, what was I doing? They do art, math, social studies, uh, all that gym. So let's just say, you know, you're not great at certain subjects, or maybe you're just not, you're really not a great teacher. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is equipped to be a teacher, but I think this is the time for you to try to be better because hello, as a parent, you're already going to be your child's first teacher. And what better way to show them that you care than trying to learn what they're learning Mm -hmm. so that you can help them? Because I know there's plenty of kids like myself that are visual learners. And I have to see the concept being worked out in order to understand it. And it has to be in a way that I will get it. So if you are a parent and you're able to be at home with your child, and you're able to help them, then I think you should. I think it's really crazy that you're like, now I'm not a teacher. I don't get paid to teach. Yeah. Send send them to school. I don't care. Like, what are the teachers getting paid for? That's a crock. Sorry. That is a crock. And I think now is the time to, if you're not confident in your ability to teach, you can should work on your patience, but also there's a ton of resources out there for what schools are doing for kids who may need tutoring or extra help. Like my oldest, for example, has an IEP. So he has, um, you know, he, he has to be given extra time for stuff. His work, um, is he's supposed to have support basically, mm-hmm. right? So I've already started looking into how does that work at home? 
because I don't want to send him out into the world where the Rona is. Right. So, you know, but I've been assured like by his, um, his IEP teacher or, or assistant has already reached out to me. His counselors reached out to me, all that stuff to keep his routines in place, mm-hmm. to try their best to make it translate into a homeschool environment. So I already know that when he's doing his classes, his, um, assistant will be logged into those classes Okay. And be available to offer him extra help and communicate to his teachers that he might need more time. He still has his standing meetings with his counselor. So every Wednesday, he'll still be meeting with his counselor to talk through, um, you know, how is this going with the distant learning or any challenges he may be having, celebrate his wins, all that good stuff. And the same with the other two. If they need any help with anything, I've already looked into um the tutoring that they have available online when in school was going to be an option that was also an option if we really really needed it mm-hmm. but they have all these different things they have um you have to get into if your kid is doing google classroom get up there and click around figure things out so even if you don't understand the materials you know who your resources are so that you can get extra help and then sit in on the tutoring sessions too Right. <laughs> like you, you cannot clock out. I mean, yeah. when I say clock out, I mean you cannot just throw your kid in front of the computer and then just mm-hmm. think it's gonna happen because this pandemic has really set kids up to be kind of a lost year of, of education. Yeah. If parents, guardians, whoever don't make the most effort to keep them on track. I almost think a lot no, I know the class of 2020, whatever grade was graduating, fifth grade, eighth grade, um, high school, whatever. I know the class of 2020 did put in good work and they had to deal with a lot of rapid changes. But I also think a lot of schools, because of these crazy transitions, gave some students that were on the edge, they just gave them a gimme. Like, we're passing everybody. Right. But it's not helpful to a student to do that because what have they learned? And I just think the ultimate goal is to make sure that these kids are not going to be screwed over because they're having to teach themselves. Yeah. And there's also a bunch of YouTube videos out there too. You know, um, have you seen when people are online complaining about the new math? Oh, Common Core? Yeah. Like, I, I never want to confuse the kids with teaching the math the way of it. I learned it. Like they don't carry the one, which I think is stupid as shit. I watched Common Core <laughs> math because I wanted to understand it. And a lot of people said Common Core math is really good and it makes a lot of sense. But you literally are doing 10 steps to get the answer yeah. that I get in three steps. And I don't know what the benefit of that is i don't know it's a longer process i remember in school they would show you all of the ways to get the answer and then eventually they would show you the shortest way mm-hmm. and that's what i stuck with right. and that's how i retained math but no they don't do that no more so Sherman and i have um looked up different videos because we're trying to figure out how do we teach it it's not that we don't know the answer mm-hmm. to the problem but how do we help our kids understand it, like whatever wasn't reinforced in school. But sometimes we don't got time for you to go to tutoring. 
Right. You know, if we have to, um, if we, if we need to do other stuff, like they're in different programs and stuff. So yeah, I got to get you to soccer practice and all sort of stuff. And then I have to help you with your homework afterwards. I have to be your tutor. Right. So yeah, but there is a bunch of YouTube videos out there to show you how to do stuff so that you don't confuse your kid and veer off from what they learned in, in class or whatever. Um, so you have to be creative. Yeah, you, you do. can't Super just creative. you can't just give up on them, and or you can't put the responsibility on other people yeah. either. And just how they offer tutoring for students, they do have stuff out there through the school for mm -hmm. the parent. Perfect. Yeah. So I've never actually taken anything from the school only because of my work schedule, but I know that it exists. So my heart goes out to everyone. I want you all to be strong. Be strong. Make the yeah. best decision. For yes. yourself and your family. Yes. And also remember other people too. I, I know that's really hard for people right now to think about others, but that's part of the whole problem is a lot of people are only thinking about themselves and not thinking about others. Uh, remember teachers, uh, administrative staff, janitorial services, lunch ladies, they all have family too. So... Just be as safe as you possibly can be and make the best decisions for yourself and your family. Yeah. All right. The more you know. Wait, should we have the rainbow? <laughs> the rainbow. <laughs> Man, I also wonder, like, not to keep the topic going, but I do wonder if there's any um, pressure from people's jobs to... Um, like, get your kid out the house because we're tired of seeing them on Zoom. You know what? The jobs <laughs> just have to put up with it. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, if you're going to make special accommodations for me to work from home, um, then you can't be mad when I I call in on a conference call and before I can get to mute, you hear my dog going off because the doorbell rang. Yeah. Like, I'm home. It's I'm working from home, but never forget that I am home. And trust me, I appreciate being able to work from home. Um, but again, I'm home, which means everything that goes on at home is still going on at home. Absolutely. And they just have to deal with it. I'm sure produ productivity for every company that has people working from home has gone down. Oh, yeah. But it's like, hey, at least you're still in business right now. Yeah, it could be worse. It could be worse. I I was doing the um I was in a meeting, and we had a, a couple of execs like not even trying to like flex or anything, but there were some people who ranked way higher than me on this call. Mm -hmm. And normally I'm quiet. The one time I decide to talk, child comes up to me, mommy, <laughs> mommy, yes, like I'm like like I, I, I'm. I'm like Mr. Krabs in that little thing, that little right. meme where everything's gonna blur me and he's shaking from side to side. Like, what do I do? Do you have a hammer? Uh, of all things, where was his father? Right. Mr. Fix It. Probably using the hammer. So I'm like, um, no, sweetheart, I don't have a hammer. What are you doing? And I I I, I did put myself on mute, but I was talking. Right. And so I was like, mommy's in the meeting. Don't go look for the hammer. Stay right here. Hold on a sec. And I took myself off a of mute and said, sorry, gentlemen, my son came in. And one of them said, did your son just ask for a hammer? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, he did. I'm like, well, what is he doing? I don't know. 
I lost my train of thought and I'm not going to find it. I will open the floor back up to anyone else that has something to add to this conversation. Like I was totally thrown off. I don't even remember what question I was answering, but I, he, everyone heard him ask for a hammer. (laughs) Everyone. So I have been blessed where I work for a place where they understand that everyone's kids, dogs, um, shoot, I've heard parrots. Okay. Um, parrots screaming out to people's dogs <laughs> on calls. So everything is going on. And I just want people to stay encouraged and do your research, do what works best for your family. And if your kid needs a hammer, hide it because they're probably going to put a hole in your wall. Oh my God. <laughs> it's going to be a home project that you never asked for. <laughs> Shoot. I'd rather be interrupted to for him to ask me for the hammer and, instead of having to walk outside and see a hole in my wall because he found that hammer before I before I knew about it. Oh my god. Effing <sighs> kids. I was just trying to put my art on the wall. <laughs> Use the tape. <laughs> I bought you tape. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go ahead and transition to our next topic. So this next topic that we are going to talk about is um, something you guys might remember from a couple weeks ago. It's about a rapper named Moneybag Yo. Yo Gabba Gabba. (laughs) Yo Gabba Gabba. (laughs) It's just, we've been calling him Yo Gabba Gabba for like two weeks and now we can't stop. (laughs) (laughs) If his name is Moneybag Yo. Apparently, he is a pretty popular rapper. Um, We did look up a few videos on YouTube, and they have quite a few million views. So, obviously, he's established. I don't know how new he is to the industry, how long he's been around, whatever. The point of this story is that he's got a little money. He's making some money now. So, the drama of it... Is that he has a girlfriend. Her name is Ari Fletcher. She is an Instagram model. Um, What an Instagram model is, I'm not sure. I have heard a blogger describe it as somebody who tries clothes on and takes them off. I'm just we can do that. I I mean I if you want to see all this jelly, I I mean if you're gonna pay me some something good, it is a legitimate job. I can get a fashion over contract. And you know what? I don't have that wasp waist. I, I don't I'm a I'm a brick, okay? So when they get something that fits bricks, then brick? not a brick house, just a brick. A brick I'm shaped <laughs> like a brick, okay? <laughs> You need to look like a queen bee. <laughs> Listen, bitch. I I could make it work. There's there there's so many different apps where you can cinch in your waist. Okay. <laughs> Go on. Talk about your gabba gabba. No. So um. Anyway, Ari Fletcher is his new girlfriend, and she had a birthday recently, and apparently he got her a Lamborghini truck for her birthday. It could be rented. Let's just say more than likely it's rented. Let's say more than likely it's in his name. He's paying the car note, whatever. The point is she's driving it. Um, She had a very extravagant birthday party. 
who knows who paid for it. I mean, it's in the grand scheme of things, none, none of this is our business. But since it's been put out there, we're going to talk about it. Um, Yo Gabba Gabba. Money, Mr. Moneybags. Mr. Moneybags. Uh, apparently, he has uh, quite a few children. I, I think the last count that I read about was seven. I'm not sure how accurate that is, but uh, let's say he has seven kids with about three or four babies' mothers, I think. The last one that he was with, um, last mother of one of his children, was about nine months ago. So she made a pretty, to me, it was like a innocuous, God, I hope I'm using that word right, <laughs> comment on Twitter where she says something like, damn, baby daddy, you doing it like that in regards to him gifting Ari Fletcher with his Lamborghini truck. And she got a lot of kind of pushback for it. People saying, you're just jealous, you're bitter, blah, blah, blah. And she went on live and just had a massive rant. And I don't even know if it was Instagram live. I don't know if it was Facebook, whatever. That's irrelevant. She went online, recorded a live video where she just went on this repetitive rant about how her comment was in no way in regard to Ari Fletcher. She has no problem with the girl. It's about... The baby daddy, Mr. Gabba Gabba. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so from what we gather is that the whole issue, if there is an issue, is that she's a regular girl. Uh, I think she sells lashes, eyelashes, and she sells hair extensions. So this is maybe what she's doing for money. I don't know if it's a side hustle. Those sound like side hustle type jobs. Mm -hmm. So maybe she has a regular nine to five, whatever. Because it sounds like she's not actually wanting for money. She's not actually wanting for this, for anything. It's just that she can't comprehend why Ari Fletcher, the new girlfriend, would be entitled to a Lamborghini truck and he, Mr. Gabba Gabba, has not done anything like that for her. And she has one of his kids. And um, I think the pushback against her then began with people saying, why would you think you deserve anything from him? Like, you, you are all set. If the kid is being taken care of, you are not entitled to any of his fortune, fame, or money. You're just not. And uh, she was pretty upset about it. Like, there's so many videos out now. Just go on YouTube and please type in money bag yo and not your Gabba Gabba. <laughs> you, will get, you don't want the Nickelodeon version of this. You want the raw, unfiltered, like, if, real shit. If you're interested in this little bit of um, hip-hop drama, it sounds like something straight off of Love and Hip Hop, it honestly. Does. It does. Um, but I found it to be kind of interesting because when I was reading comments under the videos, there were actually a lot of people who were agreeing with the um, baby's mother. I believe her name is China. Yeah. I have no idea if that's her real name, but her name is China. They were agreeing with her saying, how does it look for your baby's dad to have millions of dollars, to be rich? And here you are living a regular life. And I say to that, what is wrong with a regular life? 
is your kid okay health like is your kid healthy are they being taken care of financially or do they have a roof over their head are they fed are they happy kids do not need luxury in order to be happy and well adjusted right they don't so i people are very vain and very materialistic and i have to agree with the other side of people who say she's not entitled to anything um this all this ranting and raving i do feel like was more pushback to people calling her bitter but then she admitted that she kind of felt some kind of way about not getting uh lavished with that lifestyle when she was just with him nine months ago so whatever she's entitled to her feelings but i'm really shocked at the people who who agree with her that's my thing Mm -hmm. I can I see why people agree with her on a on an emotional tip, right? Like cuz to some degree, I feel like she's had she has to be feeling like what's so special about this new girl? What do you see in her that you didn't see in me? And beyond a, a Lambo truck, let's let's water it down to like regular ass people who can't afford Lambos. Maybe you bought me a Honda. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, what did you, see, what do you see in her that you don't see in me? I did all kinds of stuff for you. I even brought a child into the world with you. We made plans and things didn't work out. And shortly afterwards, you're giving this girl this grand birthday party with a brand new Lambo truck, whether, whether she owes, owns it dead to rights or not, doesn't even matter. It's the look. Mm-hmm. But when when I had you, I feel like I had to do a lot of work, maybe. You know what I mean? To keep you interested, keep you into me. She has you and you're doing you're giving her the world. Why didn't I deserve the world from you too? That's through all that rambling that she did, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I got from it. When she kept saying it's not about the girl, it's about the guy. Yeah. Because even at one point she was like, oh, when he came over and he was on the phone with her as if that was supposed to be a shot at him not caring about the Ar- the Ari girl, right? Like mm-hmm. if he really cared about her, then why was he coming over to talk t- um, to see me while he was on the phone with her? I took it a different way. I thought she was saying, if I cared about this girl, like if I was jealous of this girl, then I would have made it a big deal when he was over at my house on the phone with her nine mm, months ago. Like okay. that's how I took it. Yeah. But it could be either way. I took it as um he she didn't think that he was that into her. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because that's disrespectful right. to the to the army girl to be on the phone with her while you're pulling up to the house. But shouldn't he be pulling up to your house if he got a kid there? (laughs) And that's the thing because in none of her ramblings and rah-rah business, did she ever say he's not doing what he's supposed to do as either a father or just a a financial provider. She has not said anything that I can see that I've seen that says he is not doing what he's supposed to be doing money-wise. Yeah. So her her complaint is straight up about what he has done for her. Yeah. And um, somebody, it was kind of rude. And I think I'm just going to paraphrase the tweet. 
but it said something to the effect of, um, you know, girls, girls need to learn how to, uh, that girl, make sure you give your girl what they deserve or what, what's in their lane. Don't have your girl expecting, um, or don't try to give a Michael, Michael Kors girl Chanel or something to that effect. I'm screwing the tweet all the way up, but you can find it. I'm sure. And it's kind of really, really mean. It's actually, it's really, really mean. But he's basically saying, Ari is a dime and this other girl's a penny. So why is she acting like she deserves it? Yeah. And China had mentioned too that she was, she was messing with him before he even blew up. Right. And that he found himself an industry chick, which, which is really sad when you think about it, right? Like, so she she more than likely loved him because she was with him when he was nobody. Mm-hmm. Her lashes and hair extensions probably made more in a week than he did in a month. You know what I mean? True. Because you, when you're a struggling artist, you don't bring in much of anything. But you know what? I I feel like people don't start slinging lashes and hair weave until they get a little name. So when he started coming up, her name got out there mm-hmm. as one of his baby mamas and I'm putting that in quotes because I'm still not sure how I feel about that title yeah um I I mean who knows I don't know it's not like I follow these people to to know for sure how it went down but they were a couple yeah and they were doing whatever they had to do to make it work together and for whatever reason it didn't work but they have a child as an end result he's doing what he's supposed to do in regards to that child and it according to her uh, they have a great relationship, uh, in like co-parenting relationship. Yeah. It seems so. I think he's probably doing what he's supposed to do as a father, right? Mm-hmm. Because she never, she never once brought up him being a shitty father. I feel like in this situation, she's heartbroken. Yeah. So she I, did seem un- unreasonably upset. Yeah, and I've been there where you know things are over, and I'm like. Well, when we were together, like, for example, me smoking, when we were together, you didn't like it when I smoked and I would never smoke around you. You threw out my cigarettes. Now you got a new girl and she's smoking in your mama house. Mm. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that, where it's like, it's, it really isn't about the dude. Just about like, it's not like I want you back. I'm trying to understand where you changed in your line of thinking. It's, it's like, so you love this person enough to accommodate or to compromise right whereas you didn't love me enough to compromise right like you you wouldn't budge on certain things when it came to me but this person is the exact opposite of me and you're letting them get away with murder i do feel like a lot of people um go through that in their relationships so China's situation with Moneybag, Mr. Moneybag, Mr. Yo, Kiaba, um, is not entirely unique. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think she's heartbroken, but damn, I was about to ask you a question about it too. Why do people have to put their shit out there? It's nobody's business. <sighs> she, like, even with her making her comment, oh, you doing it like that now, baby daddy, or whatever she said. Mm-hmm. It could have just it could have ended there. Don't read the comments. Why don't people just don't read stop? the comments? And no one would have known who you were talking about if you didn't tag him. Well, she had to tag him because then you know everybody has to know she got a baby by him. Right. <laughs> so it's like you and that's why I said it's not it's not about the kid. Because 
this is one of those things where it's like all press is good press. Mm -hmm. People know who you are. They're going to look you up on social media. They might buy your little raggedy ass lashes now. She getting clout off of Yeah, so it's like now you clout chasing. I wonder too, um, this is what I was going to ask. So do you think this might be a thing where um, when he was nobody, she would give him the shirt off her back and do whatever and he reaped the benefits of whatever she had going on and she felt like because she helped build him up to or help held him down mm-hmm. that she should have reaped benefits and repayment for her support i have i really have a hard time believing that she was out there hustling and he was just like running to the studio um and not doing anything for the family mm. i feel like a lot of rappers up and coming rappers they don't have nine to five jobs and they supplement their income by selling drugs i do not know moneybag yo's biography to know if he was out there slanging anything i don't know that but let's just say that he did supplement his income by selling drugs so maybe she was living the life of a drug dealer's girl where, you know, she had her little job and he was bringing in his income from whatever. And, you know, even if she was just with him nine months ago, you're not about to tell me that he went from nothing nine months ago to millionaire renting Lambo trucks and throwing $100,000 luxurious parties within nine months. So he had money or he was about to get money mm-hmm. nine months ago. And whatever happened, happened between them. And she she has sour grapes. That's what it is. It's just sour ass grapes. Yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't be sour too. I probably would be dwelling on that forever. While my baby daddy, while my child is going to visit his father for the weekend in their mansion. And here I am in my little condo. Okay. What what, what I'm supposed to do? (laughs) I mean, and if you if you if you're not married, you're just an ex girlfriend. You're not entitled to shit. You're not. You know, like as long as your kid is taken care of, you're not about to get no alimony. And I don't even know if palimony is a real thing. I saw in the movie or some shit. I feel like palimony is a real thing when it comes to rich people. Mm, I don't have those problems. Like Stedman <laughs> would be entitled to power. Oh heck yeah, he was more than pal. <laughs> Shoot, he kept Oprah warm many a night. Shoot, but I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's wrong for her to feel some kind of way to feel jealous to some degree that this man sh- expressed his love to someone in a way that she didn't get to experience with him. Which just shows that she's still, you know, caught up in that in that emotional feel for him, right? In her own words, she Herman. What you say? She Herman. <laughs> <laughs> Monster. <laughs> Listen, I know that she meant human, but she ah. said Herman. Okay, I'm just holding the accent her. was so thick. <laughs> Memphis bone and raised, baby. Oh, oh my God, I'm not. I'm not. But I, I don't think it's unreasonable for someone to feel hurt. It's not something we see all the time because everyone who gets their heart broken isn't linked to some celebrity or rapper. 
and you know we'll get all the youtube clicks off of people watching their rants right you know if i went on facebook live right now to complain about my husband giving a bitch a, a honda because i know he can't afford no lambo <laughs> but if he gave her a honda i wouldn't have that many people watching and i wouldn't go viral it depends so, on how ignorant you act probably i'm you know i'm not gonna do that yeah. but mm -hmm. even still the average person wouldn't have no. this much it wouldn't no no one's gonna talk about it it drama wouldn't have gone viral drama is attractive yeah the only reason it became a thing is because it's drama yeah that's it i would not be surprised if the producers of a loving hip-hop rang up <laughs> money bag yo ari fletcher and were like we want you in the show because it's perfect they don't actually seem like they're drama it's china yeah the X that you know but yeah. whatever. But I, and then I also wondered, did you act like that when y'all were together? Like that? I need a translator. I need subtitles to understand your rant because I don't know why you're mad, big mad over nothing energy. Like she looked like the type. Now I'm stereotyping. I felt for her. I felt for her emotions. But the way she was going on and on and on about it, she looked like the type to come up to a dude and smack him in the face and make all these idle threats and all that other stuff. You know what I mean? Like she. She just don't seem like she rapped too tight. Like, I, all the times I, yeah. No, she just seemed like, to me, she seemed like the type to get real rah-rah. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people will do all the yapping, but they ain't doing no slapping. And <laughs> You on a roll today. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> they, they do a lot of talking, but when it comes time to um, prove their mettle, it's, it's just talk. And uh, I think too many people that get all hype like that are all too willing to put their hands on their significant other, uh, especially if it's a male and it's a female hitting him. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't say just from watching that video that she seems like that type. I can say that she got a lot of mouth. Yeah. She has a lot of mouth and that may very well have been, hey, if she was with him nine months ago, they were breaking up because he was coming up on some money. He was getting exposed to a lot of cash and a lot of new ass. Mm -hmm. And this is what they do. This is what they all do. It doesn't matter if they're an athlete. It doesn't matter if they're in the music industry. It doesn't matter if they're an actor. When they start coming up, it's very rare that you see somebody stay with the person they were with before they came up. Yeah. Like the LeBron Jameses in this kind of industry are rare. Yeah. So, well, yo, Gabba Gabba, China, Ari, all involved. Wish good, you the, the best. Good luck, y'all. You know, China, I hope you get the healing that you need. You might not get a Lambo, but, <laughs> you know, I hope you get that Honda. I bet you that girl driving around with a, a, a brand new something. Yeah. She driving around with a brand new something. She just wanted that moment. She wanted it. All right, y'all. So we done with Yo Gabba Gabba. Bye, Yo Gabba Gabba. <laughs> moving right along. Mm -hmm. All right. So moving right along. How long should you hold on to something? And when is a good time to let it go? How do you let it go? Um, I'll let you give your, your thoughts. Um, so we have certainly spoken about this in the past. Um, but 
I'll just give an example. Like I have a family member who has had multiple falling outs with her mother over the years. And she is now a full-blown adult. We're only a few years apart in age. She's slightly younger. But she has had multiple falling outs with her mother, especially when she was growing up. So, um, you know, she has thrown in her mom's face over the years, like, you were abusive, you were mean to me, Um, you know, you just weren't the best parent that you could be to me. And now that has affected me to the point where I feel like I have to try not to be like you as I'm raising my own child. So that's their argument. But when I see this stuff being played out, I'm just like, bro, and I call everybody bro. <laughs> like, bro, <laughs> you are over 30 years old. It's been a long time since you were a child. You seem to be actively working on having a good relationship with your mother. Um, you seem to be actively working on forgiving. Nobody is ever requiring you to forget. But I just feel like it's so toxic mm. to hold on to things from your childhood. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, real childhood trauma because that kind of stuff can affect you for the rest of your life. I'm not talking about molestation. I'm not, nobody is saying, get over it. What I'm saying is things that happen when you were a child, whether you got spankings and you're angry about it, whether you feel like your parent treated you uh, unfairly or treated you differently from your siblings, whatever the case may be, if you are an adult and you are making efforts to move on, then you need to keep those efforts to move on. Like you need to stop throwing stuff in your parents' face every time you get upset. Mm. Every time you feel like, they're backsliding, you know, let's just say, for example, um, you're having a discussion with like, let's just, I'm going to throw out this, this family member and just, this is a fake example, but let's just say you're asking, this family member is asking their mom, Hey, can you watch my kid for the day? I have to run a lot of errands and I just really need somebody to watch my kid. And the mom says, I'm sorry, I can't. I have plans. Um, I can't do it. So then this family member will throw in their face like, um, you know, that's just typical of you. You can never do anything for me when I need help. Um, You know, how you're never available for me when I need help. Mm -hmm. And it's like, where is that coming from? Right. Like, because we had a conversation we just having an adult conversation where you asked me for a favor I said I couldn't do it and now I'm a shitty person and all of that animosity and ire is coming from when you were a kid like nobody I don't know anybody who has had a perfect childhood I certainly didn't have a perfect childhood and I know for a fact that my mother did the best she could do And I know that I was provided for in the best way my parents knew how to provide for me. But I can certainly, if I sit here and dwell 
on things that happened in the past, I can be mad all day. Yeah. I can be mad for the rest of my life. Instead, I've chosen to move on. And I just don't understand people who 20 years down the line are bringing up stuff that happened when they were a teenager. Yeah. You know? I think some people want want someone to say, I'm sorry for, you know, insert transgression here. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not always realistic. Like, I know that I've had conflict with um, a particular individual in my family who I really had to sit back and think, like, one, is it reasonable to expect an apology from this person? And two, do they even feel like they've done anything wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, if they, you know, what if they say, oh, I was just joking with you. You know, I didn't mean that. You know, I love you stuff, blah, blah, blah. Your showing of love felt really painful. That shit hurt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, at some point it's like, okay, I hate to say that person is just, that's just who they are, how they are, Mm -hmm. but I can control how I deal with them. You know what I mean? So if it's a parent, um, sometimes you can't, you can't avoid interactions with a parent, but if it's like another family member or just someone in general, like you can just control how you deal with them. How much, how much of yourself are you going to give them? I'd rather not, um, avoid people altogether now if you if you have really wronged me i'm going to write you off right i don't have to keep subjecting myself to you because of your relationship with me right but that i think for family and friends yeah like every everyone is subject to to the cutoff mm-hmm. you know because at the end of the day you're still a person regardless of how you're related to me you're mm-hmm. still a person who's capable of doing wrong to someone and i deserve respect and part of that is respecting myself too enough to say this is too much you don't have to go through this let me walk away but um i think it's it's fair to be realistic with your expectations because i'd rather not be passive aggressive and kind of sort of throw stuff in your face to force an argument about what bothered me versus a conversation about what bothered me so if i'm not in a in the right place to talk about it then i have to let it go so that I'm not just sitting there ready to punch you in the throat every time I see you. Right. And I that's the part that I don't think is really fair. Um, I'm going to keep it with a parent as the example. Um, I don't have a great relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a man who I grew up in a two-parent household all my life. And it wasn't until I turned about, I don't know, 2021 that our relationship Mm -hmm. started going really sour so I have chosen to somewhat cut him out of my life because he's extremely toxic to me but what I'm not gonna do is like ask him about stuff from when I was 20 years old oh when you said that when I was 20 years old that really hurt me And I've held on to that for the past, you know, 16 years. And now I want to talk about it. He won't know what the hell I'm talking about. Right. If I want to, you cannot expect for people to remember 
the wrongs that they've done against you. You cannot expect people to want to apologize for what they have done to you that hurt you. And you cannot expect people to take accountability for hurting you. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's up to you at that time to try and resolve those issues. And if you can't, if you're not in a place where you can talk about it, the sooner the better. Mm -hmm. Don't wait until 15, 20 years down the line to say, let's hash this out now. Because, um, you know, people get defensive. People forget it's not, you know, the event may not have been as significant to them as it was to you. And the way they recall it may be totally different oh, because yes. they're seeing it from the side of their intention mm-hmm. versus how it made you feel. Right. Like I have a great, I feel like I have a great relationship with my mom for for the most part. And like I said, there's um, everybody, well, at least most people I know have things in their past that can be worked on or worked out mm-hmm. with a parent or something like that. But um, to me, the things that I would bring up, I feel like would be hurtful to her. Uh, because she has said before, when we have talked about things, I did the best I could. I did the best I could as a parent. And I don't need her to apologize. I just have chosen to take that weight off of myself Mm -hmm. because it's toxic to hold on to that shit. I used to be a huge grudge holder and it's very toxic and it's time consuming and it's tiring and it makes you look old. It sounds exhausting. It is exhausting. I mean, it's just, it's no point to it. So either work your shit out when it happens as a teenager or whenever, just like you have to have, you have to be willing to talk about stuff instead of holding it in. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Some people don't have parents that are willing to listen, which is also a huge problem. But then don't bring it up 20 years down the line. You know, maybe some people actually do get resolutions. But I already know, especially with my father, like he's probably going to go to the grave with us having unresolved stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Because I've, I have said, I'm not going to let this be a everyday factor in my life. I'm not going to let it bother me every single day, you know? So um, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. I always like to your point about addressing things in the moment. I always feel like people have invisible beef where it's a one-sided thing. I'm mad at you and the other person has no clue that you're mad and why you're mad. Mm-hmm. So you're in this beef alone. So it's invisible. No one else sees this shit but you. But it is, it, I think sometimes it's easier said than done because sometimes you expect a certain reaction when you stand up for yourself mm-hmm. because people get defensive or say that you're being disrespectful. How dare you question my actions? Mm-hmm. You know, and and they almost kind of try to take you down a guilt trip to some degree, defending themselves. But it's like, I think part of letting it go is is still that respect factor that you have for yourself. Like to stay realistic that, okay, if this is the reaction I'm always giving, some things can't be addressed. Mm -hmm. And you just have to just walk away from it, give yourself space. So like for me, bio dad, can ride in hell for all I care. I'll say it out loud. I don't really care. Don't care for the dude. 
Thank you for my little itty bitty eyes. That's all you've given me. <laughs> oh, and my complexion. Thank you, sir. But outside of that, he's. So I think I mentioned it on a on one of our episodes before that I was adopted. So it's not like he, you know, was someone that was ever a major figure in my life. But in the past eight years of knowing him, he's proven himself to be someone who is a user. He's manipulative and he's selfish. He only cares about what he has going on and then tries to guilt trip me into having a relationship with him. Why? Every time I've opened up to you, you found a way to turn the situation into something about you. I've lost two people in my life in the time that I've known this man and you turn it into you. One of the people that I lost is the father that actually raised me. You, how can this be about you? Right. Mother, <laughs> sir, you can't turn it into you. And that's something where I'd rather have the invisible beef because I don't feel like I owe you an explanation as to why I'm offended and why I do not want to have a relationship with you. I was fine before I met you and I don't want to let you rent space in my head to bring me down when I was fine before. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to pick your battles. Like if it's, if it's someone that you have close contact with a parent that actually raised you, Mm -hmm. that's a relationship worth salvaging. Right. If you feel like you should, but if it's someone that didn't have a lot of time around you, they didn't really mold you directly. Mm -hmm. You can walk away because they're really a stranger. Right. And be just fine. Right. Like, I kind of want him to hear this episode. That's my <laughs> my explanations embedded in here. You ain't about to hear it from me, sir. But the, <laughs> the the thing about that relationship with your bio dad is like, like you said, you're not gonna allow him to rent space in your head. And this whole thing with my family member who keeps having these repeated, like every couple years, it's like it goes in cycles where they have these uh, big public blowups. And it's really about unresolved stuff from childhood. And at this point, I'm like, if you're going to continue to have this relationship with your mother, you need to actually talk this stuff out. Yeah. Because it's one thing where somebody like me, I can compartmentalize it and say, okay, this is the hurt of the past. In order for me to move on, I have to take this and like take it out of my everyday thought process Mm -hmm. because it's just a distraction and all it does is lead to stress and gray hairs. So I'm able to do that. If you're not able to do that because you have contact with this parent or person in your life repeatedly. And like you said, it's a relationship worth salvaging who doesn't love a parent that raised them. Yeah. Even a bad parent who doesn't love them. Um, So it's like you have to decide when you're going to warm it up and talk about it. Even if you have a parent that's reluctant to talk about it. Even if you have a parent that is unable to accept accountability, you have to choose one or the other. Either let the shit go or be an adult and talk about it. Even if you're talking to a brick wall they now know how you feel yeah. and you cannot keep bringing this stuff up over and over again. Like get it out. This right. is, I'm going to say it now. I'm going to say it one time and one time only. This is how it made me feel. Right. And you can't be combative with it either. I think a lot of people 
like parent child relationships when they're when both parties are adults Mm -hmm. are so toxic when they when they have never had good communication and the child the adult child in the situation is is almost um is almost like always ready to fight right you know what i'm saying and you have to check yourself too because now you're provoking it because you're you're repeating the patterns that you've learned right you know so you have to take a moment and and be calm enough to say how you feel even if if you cry a little that's fine yeah but you can't be angry and yelling at that person it can't be an attack yeah because it feels like it's coming out of left field for them yeah and yeah you do i that's a that's conversations that i don't want to have yeah like i don't want to have a conversation like that with my mother where i'm just like yeah when i was 16 and you know i hated the world and i hated everybody you did this and that really bothered me it's 20 years later now. I have a great relationship with my mother. And when I start dwelling on stuff of the past, it's like, yeah, that was shitty that that happened, but I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Or at least I think I'm fine, but I feel okay. Yeah, You know, this stuff is not actively bothering me. And if something is actively bothering you, like you said, you have to have that conversation and it can't be a fight. Yeah, Like you can't go into it with guns blazing, even if the parent is combative right back and they don't want to take responsibility or accountability, whatever, for the role that they played. But what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to completely write a parent off that you actually are, have actively involved in your life. Right because of something that happened when you were a child and you just haven't been able to get past it, go to therapy. Yeah. You don't have to bring your parent into therapy. Your therapist will help you figure out ways to cope so that you can stop being toxic because the way you hurt can be toxic too. Yeah. And you repeat that cycle and it's, it's not good for anybody. It's not even just like repeating a cycle with your child. It could just be as simple as how you communicate with the rest of the world. Yes. You know, like I didn't realize that I talked at people instead of talk to people for a while until I started going to therapy and the therapist is like um, my husband and I were in couples therapy Mm -hmm. and she's like, listen to how you speak to him. You're talking at him. You're not you're not even inviting him into the conversation. You're just barking orders. Like this is this is one way. This is just what Stephanie wants how Stephanie feels and this is it's not healthy right you know what I'm saying and I had to like change up how I communicated to be more effective and and working on how I spoke to my husband it actually made me a better communication with the people around me too so self-help yeah it's always freaking helpful therapist and I like how I like how in that environment it wasn't a therapist that felt like they had to give me all of the answers. Mm-hmm. They gave me like workbooks and um, different different verbiage to try to practice, like homework, which made it really helpful to put things into practice. And it made me communicate better with my parents because I didn't realize that I played a role in keeping the toxic stuff going because I was still acting like how I was as a as a teenager Mm -hmm. you know and I'm like wait we don't even have beef we get along 
Right. I don't have to talk to you like this. I can be <laughs> calm in this moment. Right. Like I'm fine. So right. therapy helps. Get your therapy folks. Uh just my advice for anybody who wants my advice. Um you have to learn to cope with certain things or cope makes it sound really bad, but you have to learn how to deal with certain things and um, prioritize what is important in your life. So if something is bothering you constantly to the point where you find yourself having the same arguments with people over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. over years, you need to finally be an adult and talk about it. And if it's something that you find that you can't talk about, then like choose option one, where you've decided to let it go, let go and let God, just let it go and let God, just let that, (laughs) let that crap take flight. You will find that you will feel so much better. Yeah. I mean, people are walking around like actively depressed because of shit that happened 20 years ago between their parents, you know, between themselves and their parents, just you have to relax. And if you can't deal with it yourself, go seek a therapist help so they can help. They can help you figure out what's the best way to proceed. Because uh, I know I'm kind of sick of seeing it where it's like everybody wants to put on this happy face and then you go on like social media and you just see them going sick at each other and it's like well damn everybody was just happy and at a a picnic together right and it looked great and it's like oh family over everything well apparently not because you look like you're ready to kill your mama yeah yeah and i think too like once you let it out you cannot rehash it that's letting go yes you can't like do not allow anyone to throw it back in your face. Do not allow yourself to be the one to keep throwing it back in others' faces. Letting it go means that we're having this conversation one time, one time only. If they got it, good. If they didn't, take what you what you can from it and just know that you you can have peace in knowing that you said your part and just walk away from it. That shit happened to me. And people do it playfully mm-hmm. where they're like, remember that one time? No, no. Because when I cursed y'all out, that was me letting go. Mm-hmm. I'm done. That situation <laughs> is dead. I am the queen of getting up and just leaving. Like, I, I can't. I don't like big, like, toxic things in my family. And I don't like when people bring it back up as if it was a joke. Because it wasn't a joke in that moment. Right. You know what I'm saying? Especially when I'm an adult. As a kid, I didn't feel like I had the power to walk away. Mm-hmm. Or even the quote-unquote right to walk away. Right. But as an adult... Fully realized adult. I get in my car and drive. I'm out. I don't yes. have to deal with this. Yep. And that's just that. And if you feel like if it makes you feel some kind of way because I enacted that right to to be respected in that moment or to not want to rehash stuff, mm-hmm. oh well, I've already let it go and I need you to do the same. Right. Like you can't keep bringing it up. Mm-hmm. So. That's literally beating a dead horse. Yes. <laughs> it actually, actually kind of makes me I mean not glad but I when I think about stuff like this I realize I'm very very close to my immediate family meaning my mom my sister um, 
blood wise and then of course there's you who I tell everything um but in terms of cousins aunts uncles yeah we're all cordial or whatever but I can't even think of bad memories that I have with these people because I I just wasn't around them that much growing up Mm -hmm. so any kind of feelings of animosity are with of course the people who you love the most are the ones that hurt you the most you know I I know I messed up that that quote but that's how it goes the people who you love the most are the ones that end up hurting you the most so when they do something wrong to you it hurts so much worse than somebody who you don't really give a shit about Mm -hmm. so I don't run into those situations too much where it's like people throwing stuff up in, in my face or whatever. My sister and I have a, for as different as we are, we have a pretty close relationship where we can talk about stuff from our childhood and we can laugh about it. We can both laugh about it. Um, or if we're hashing out something that we thought was crazy that happened um, with either of our parents, we can talk about it like adults yeah. and say, wow, that was really screwed up, but we've moved on, you know? So I don't even know how to conclude that, (laughs) that topic, but it's just, you have to check yourself for, that you have to check and see if you are doing yourself more harm than other people. Because a lot of times it's you who are the one that's holding on to all this crap It's you who are the one that is rehashing this stuff because you have no resolution for it. You have no way to fix this problem and it's eating at you. So you need to get help. You need to find the right solution because it's not healthy for anybody. That's that's all I got to say about that. I, I agree. Both parties don't have to be involved for you to get closure, right? Worry about releasing it for yourself. Right. All right, guys. Sorry we ended up... Well, I don't think that was too heavy, heavy. It wasn't that heavy. No. We, it, was, it was all right. I mean, we, we're, we're sharing our, our life tidbit... Uh, uh, not tidbits. Our life lessons. Yeah. Life you, lessons. You guys you guys got a nice little variety this episode. Um. So, uh, I guess we'll end it off there. This has been A Thousand Miles Apart. I'm Takara. And I'm Stephanie. Please follow us on Facebook at A Thousand Miles Apart Podcast. Um, Instagram, Twitter, A Thousand Miles Apart Podcast. Listen to us on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. And if they have a rating system, rate us five stars or wherever the equivalent is. Because it helps us stay within people's algorithms. Woo, Jesus. (laughs) Forgot the L in that. And stay on the top of people's minds. So thank you so much for listening. We're out. And we're not a thousand miles apart. We're a few inches apart. (laughs) I'm Takara. And I'm Stephanie. Bye. Bye. I'm not going to be able to do that.